I believe the choir, our choir, were listening to the sermon that Pastor Tobin preached last Sunday. He was talking about how we go viral, and he talked about four uh, parts of, of going viral. One of them will be you form it, you perform it. Remember that? You form it, you storm it, you perform it, and then you norm it. And I guess the choir knew that, and they want to do that. They want to continue to, to have a revolution, a movement of God's uh, spirit in our midst. And I'm saying that not only jokingly, I'm serious about it, because when we feel that desire to worship God with all our heart, with all our might, something is going on in our lives. Don't you agree? So it's that desire that we anticipate what we want to do for God. That's a wonderful desire. And today, as we continue to talk about our sermon series uh, called Scent, I'd like to show you an image. Your question. Give me the next one. Whose shadow is that, is that person? Who's this person? I can't hear what? Me? How do you know it's me? Well, if, if that were me, I would see my glasses in there. Can't see my glasses. Now, how about if I tell you that if you pass by that shadow, you will become rich or beautiful or powerful? Will you believe that? I know. <laughs> you're, you're really wonderful, beautiful, and powerful, aren't you? But you know what? As we read the passage today, we are reminded that God is at work beyond our own control. So let's read Acts uh, chapter 5, verse 12 and six, through 16. Let's read it together. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all of the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colony. No one else dared to join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and mats. So at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirit, and all of them were healed. Wow. So this narrative that we just read starts with a fantastic description of what the church in Jerusalem and its leaders were accomplishing by the power of the Holy Spirit. The blessing of God was so impressive that even Peter's shadow brought, possibly, healing to people. Everything looks or looked like this new movement was unstoppable. And you know what? Sometimes churches experience a great time of growth and outreach. Churches cannot, by the way, fabricate this movement. You know, many churches in, in the United States and abroad, they tried to grow. They, they wanted to increase the number of their members. They wanted to add more, more youth and young families and millennials and 
every kind of people that they imagine. They wanted to bring it in. They want them to be part of the congregation. But no church can fabricate a movement of the Holy Spirit. This is a movement that only God can really make happen. So he, he is doing something that we all, all have to figure out and join. It's not that we are going to figure it out and ask God to do something about it. You know, many churches, they are doing whatever it takes to add members to the congregation. But honestly, the text in the whole book of Acts is always telling us that this is the book of the Holy Spirit. It's not a book of the human beings trying to figure out how to make a movement. It's the book of God telling us how His Spirit creates a movement. You know, imagine if not only Peter, but how many more, if many more people could become the shadow of God's powerful presence in our communities. Imagine if people say, I want to be with you because there is something in your life that I don't understand, but I need it. I was told this uh, week about a friend of mine who went to Northgate, by the way, and she was there trying to buy some stuff there and saw somebody who was, a lady who was, a quadriplegic, and a person who obviously cannot move her body other than her head. And she, the lady was trying to figure out how to get some chicken. And this friend of mine realized that somehow somebody had to do something about it. So she stood next to her and asked kindly, do you need any help? By becoming God's shadow to people, you're going to have to Work with some stuff you're not expecting to happen sometimes. So this person thought, well, this person maybe want this only to look at this particular chicken. Well, it took 10 kind of chicken, uh, you know, possibilities for her to decide and make up her mind. But what, you know what were happening there? Somebody was expressing God's shadow into somebody else's life who was unable to do the very thing that we take for granted. So how about that? How about if people like us become uh, God's shadow? Everywhere we go, there might be people looking for somebody like you. Everywhere you go, there might be someone who say, I need what you have. You know, when we see this text, we are impressed because there's so many good things happening. These are good news, actually. You know, people is he being healed. Uh, people is being delivered from bad spirits. People is being uh, exposed to God's powerful presence. And now we wonder, how, how did that happen? Well, let me show you something. Let's read another passage. Before chapter 5, we have something, um, uh, chapter 4, verse 29 through 31. Uh, let's read that one, too. So, this is the people of, 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 that we were talking about. They were in a very difficult place, and they decided to pray. So, they say, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to what? To heal and perform signs 
and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they pray. One second. Tim, could you please stand up? Turn around. He got the memo. He did, right, Tim? So after they did what Tim did, what happened? The place where they were meeting was wait, what? Shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, picture for a moment what can happen at PPC if this community where we all are, uh, uh, you know, around, around this city, this community, if we start boldly praying for vegan demonstrations of the, of the power of God. In, for a moment, just think about not only having good, orderly, and beautiful worship services, because we, we do have that. We have good, orderly, and beautiful, isn't that true, worship services. But imagine if we also have worship services where while the choir is singing, somebody is being healed. Imagine for a moment if this congregation take, take this to heart and start praying for God to do something that he has not, not done in the past. They were very specific. They said, God, we need three things. We need to speak your word boldly, boldly, bravely. Secondly, they want to be people that bring healing to the, to the community. Lord, heal people and then do wonders, things that you cannot control. You humanly talking cannot do nothing other than God doing it. So they asked for those three things. But imagine PPC. If each one of us start asking God, God, when our pastors or our leaders are speaking your word, make them preach in a way that nobody can stand still only, but feel this presence and this movement of God within themselves that they are, they are compelled to do something about what they are hearing. Imagine a church that is always asking God to do something unusual in their worship services, and beyond. Their Bible studies, the community gatherings that we do, the events that we do, it will be amazing, and it could be, and it's going to be amazing. Now, let's also read Acts chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. When we have good news, we also have bad news sometimes. Then the high priest, read with me please, and all his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. Wait one second. Before when they pray, they were filled with what? Holy Spirit, remember, and power. And they were filled with what? Jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them into my friends, when God does something, 
Most of the time I have seen that, but sometimes especially some people who cannot understand what God is doing, they will oppose it. They will not allow something new because they are so used to what they have been doing in the past that they can actually now control it, that they cannot accept something new happening. And these people, by the way, they were not regular people. They were the religious establishment, the people who had power, political power, and also religious power, the Sadducees. But they, they decided that this was not something that God was doing. Actually, they felt threatened by it. You know, I don't know if that happens to you, but it happens to me. And I have to be careful with that. When I read the Bible, I don't picture myself as the bad guy in the Bible, do you? Hello? You don't picture yourself as the Sadducee, do you? Or the Pharisees? Or somebody who did something wrong in the Bible? You will never do that, will you? Well, sometimes we should. You know why? Because it's pretty easy to judge what other human beings do and say, hey, well, how can they do that? And sometimes we don't realize we do the same and even worse. Sometimes we become the very thing that we dismiss. And these people were people that were used to talk about God. And they speak about what the Lord has done in the past with Moses and, and Gideon and Esther and others. They were the teachers of the law. And yet, when God was doing something new, they, could, they couldn't stand it. They had to oppose it. Let me tell you something else. Opposition actually is a frame of reference when God is at work. Think about Moses, by the way when he was about to deliver the people of God, well, if you're Moses in the mountain and you see the, what he saw, and God is sending him back to Egypt, everything, everything looks great. Wow, you have given me all this, giving me all this power. And I'm going to be able to bring the people of Israel out of Egypt. Yeah, right. One thing is the vision. The other thing is the implementation of that vision. And sometimes that's the most difficult part, to implement the movement of God. So Moses found out that even his own people didn't want to support what he heard from God. Obviously, Pharaoh will not support that. So I also want to remind you the same happened with Nehemiah. Nehemiah was trying to build this Jerusalem, uh, Jerusalem wall, and, she, and he had so much opposition from within and from without. And yet, that was God's purpose. But he had to deal with people who could not understand that, what, what the Lord was doing. You know, if you keep reading the whole text, I'm not going to make you read the whole chapter, but you will f- find out that the following, the following one, we're going to read it together. Next one, please. So, but during the night, so they, so they got the apostles, they put them to jail, but they, during the night, 
an angel of the Lord who didn't ask the Pharisees or the Sadducees if he or they had the permission to take care of their, the people of God. Look at what he did. Opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go, stand in the temple court, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. So in the midst of opposition, God always has a provision. And by the way, sometimes he has to do it in the graveyard shift. When people are sleeping. Sometimes we have to let this, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the E's to sleep. <laughs> and then God will do what he has to do. Sometimes it has to be ourselves who have to be sleeping. Because otherwise we will, have to, we will, we will try to manage and control what, what the Lord is all about. Yeah, obviously, they discovered that they were somehow tricking to uh, these guys escaping the jail, and they did what they have to do, which is they went back and picked them up and brought, and brought them back, and they went to judge them and question them and ask them, how do you do that, and what are you still teaching about Jesus? They couldn't believe that these gentlemen were still preaching about Jesus, even though they were at risk. Well, they neither they heard their prayer when they asked, God, we want to speak your word. How? That, did, that didn't mean loud, 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 really loud. That didn't mean that. That meant with all their might. Body, soul, mind, everything. Right? So they did. But they were confused, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were confused because they couldn't believe that. And they were still trying to even kill them. Now from jailing them, punishing them, now they wanted to kill them. But I love the idea of bridge builders. There's always somebody who can not understand everything that God is doing, but at least can understand that God doesn't need his or her permission to do what he wants to do, and therefore he or she try to find a way to cooperate with God. When you don't know what God is doing, be careful in trying to oppose it. Just, my, just find a way to figure out how do I understand what the Lord is doing because I don't sometimes. Because you don't sometimes. Right? And then we have the, this next story that says, I don't know if you have it there. Yes. But a, yeah, a, a good guy. Look. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin, and ordered that the man be put aside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin, men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Judas appeared claiming that to be somebody, and 
about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed. All his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas, the Galilean, appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He, too, was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the, pre- in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human, it will. There you go. But if it is from God, from the Holy Spirit, you will not be able to stop this man. You will only find yourself fighting with God. He, his speech persuaded them. Persuaded, They called the apostles in and had them. Oh, gosh, imagine that. These guys were really hard. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. I think the problem with these people is that they believe that they can control the religious landscape. Part of the problem in faith communities, I believe, is that we are also so used to what God has done that we cannot allow something, something new to happen. I believe part of that is we fear losing what we have if we allow room for the newness of God in our midst. We need to be more like Amalio, someone who was able to see the possibility that God could be doing something that was beyond his control. You know, this church is a church that has been here for 107 years, and some of you have been here a very long time and have seen a lot of great things happening in and through the congregation. And I imagine, like many churches in the PCUSA and in the United States of America, that are struggling to figure out the fu- their future, sometimes it's really hard to imagine how that will look like and how can we go about it. But I think Amalio's advice is very wonderful. He says, hey, let it go. Let them go, but also let it go. Let it go and allow God to do his business the way he can do it, the way he wants to do it. Let let him do his business the way he chooses to. Gamaliel's advice is is, is very important these days when we all are trying to figure out what is it that God wants from PPC and only PPC, but the people of God, he says, let God defend himself. So one of the things that I try to tell not only PPC, but the churches that I happen to be working with in the presbytery is, you know what, if you read the text, you will see that there is no a particular strategy 
that you really can, po you can point to. You can name ideas and possibilities, but a particular strategy, you cannot just see it. You just have to figure out that when God does something, he does it his own way. I was in a meeting with a pastor this week from the presbytery, and he was telling me when he was called to that particular church and how the church looked like by then and how the church was struggling with its future. And one of the things that he and his wife decided to do was to team, just to to pray. And he and his wife decided that they will not tell the church any particular um, strategy. They will only pray and pray and lead the church into prayer so that they will find out what is it that God wants from them. They did it. And the church actually became an incredible multicultural congregation by the hand of God. He said, in the, in the years that he has been there, he, have to, he, have been, um, he has done different kind of things, but the most important thing he has done is to pray to God and to allow God to manifest himself, to do what he has to do. So I hope our elders and deacons and leaders and myself and the pastors and all of us and all the members and people of uh, PPC remember, we all remember, that it's not about the strategy. It, it is about the heart. How do we allow the good God to do what he wants to do? And I believe we have a last text, I believe. Maybe, yes. So, look at this. The apostles left the Sanhedrin. What? No, no, complaining. <laughs> Rejoicing. Because they have been what? Or suffering disgrace for the name. <laughs> I wonder if we will feel that way one day. If we will dare to say, no matter what, I will keep praising and proclaiming the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because yes, there is new good news. Yes, there is also bad news, but also we have great news. And I want to close with this. Yesterday, I was watching this lady from the uh, Dominican Republic. Uh, she's 106 years old. She's very young. And she was being interviewed, and they asked her, hey, how long ago did you, did you meet the Lord? And she said, well, 60 years ago. Okay, great. So she was around 46, right? And every time that she was talking about Jesus, you know what she was doing? She was doing this. She was so filled with the joy of being a disciple of Christ. Even at her, at her age, 106 years old, and she was asked, so have you ever 
you know, have you ever failed to follow the Lord? Meaning, no, that she never, that she always had a perfect life in Christ. But have you ever left the Lord by any chance? She says, oh, no, I can't because he is who keeps me alive. Boy, I want to bring her here to preach. So 106 years old, she's still excited about the Lord Jesus Christ. And that cannot happen just because you go to church. It happens because you are praying and you are praising and you are grateful that a God like him chose you to be his child. And to proclaim his holy name to the nations. Because, yes, we are sent to the nations even in our community. Amen? So let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Because you are telling us today that you, we are people of good news that will face some challenges that might look like bad news. But eventually, if we keep at it, praying and doing what we were called to do, it will become great news. The great news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray for myself, for Pastor Tobin, for the elders and the deacons and the leaders of the church and the members and people who is attending PPC, that we will continue to be that movement of God, that new and powerful things will continue to happen in and through PPC for your glory. Will you please awaken in us the desire to really pray boldly to speak your word, your name, to heal those who are in need of healing, to be your shadow to other people in need, Father, and to proclaim your name with wonders and signs that only you, could, you can do. We pray with gratitude, with all our hearts, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Stand with us as we sing our sending song, You Are Life. to see. 
speaking boldly remember tomorrow we celebrate the life and the legacy of Martin uh, Luther King Jr. Uh, and we remember uh, his life and how his ministry and call impacted the United States and the world actually um, so please remember to pray for those who are trying to do what God calling to do even when it's difficult and um, as you go out remember I, I want to remind you, since I remember this, um, that your life is expected because you are God's shadow. Everywhere you go. Go now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.